Thank you for listening to this message from Faith Builders. Pastors Philip and Michelle Still are dedicated to building your faith and framing your world by the Word of God. There are many more resources available on our website, www.buildfaith.net, where you can find links to our audio and video archives. We also invite you to join us online for our live stream services. Remember to build your faith and frame your world by the Word of God. Well, here we are for another great Wednesday night. United, we are so excited about what God is doing in our midst. I know that uh, uh, I probably say that every time that we uh, begin a service that we're so excited about what God's doing. But nonetheless, it is the truth. And uh, we're believing God for some great things. Let's go to the book of Romans chapter 12 tonight. And uh, uh, I want to continue with this that we've been on. Uh, Let us draw near. Uh, This is part 18 of this, and this title may change. Uh, We may go back and change these titles, uh, the title, but uh, we've been talking about the renewing of the mind, and I was talking to uh, my wife, talking to Pastor Michelle the other day, and and I think, I'm not sure, I think we may be able to, to, to end this series anyway with this teaching, I'm not sure, but uh, of course, one of the scriptures that we've, we uh, used from the beginning was Hebrews 10.22, which says, uh, the first part of that verse says, let us draw near. And what drew me into this teaching on renewing the mind is that there are a lot of people that they live their life basically with a, a, a arm's length uh, relationship with God. All right, and, and they just do enough to be saved. But they never renew their mind to the extent that they can walk in everything that God wants them to walk in. And so Romans 12, of course, 1 and 2 says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, Holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable, your rational. The Amplified Bible says your act of spiritual worship. And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may prove what is that good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. And so there's much ground that we've covered over the last 17 messages concerning this, but we keep coming back to some central points. And one of them is is that what Paul is saying to do here is an intentional, volitional act. All right, I've got to do something with my body and with my mind. All right, God's not going to do it for me. I've got to do it. Uh, He says we're to renew our mind. Now, we're to renew our mind where our covenant rights are concerned, We're to renew our mind as far as what God says we can be. Uh, We're to renew our mind so we can think like God and act like God. But that's really not the application of renewing our minds in this scripture. And uh, as I said, we've went over this in, in the previous weeks. That word conformed is a component that comes from two words. And the first one means fit or it means with or together, and the second means form. So what he's saying, the Holy Spirit's saying through Paul, is simply this, don't be together or with the world's form, all right, with the form of the world. So we're not supposed to be conformed to the world's pattern as believers. Transformation, now he says don't be conformed, but be transformed, all right, by the what? By the renewing of your mind. So transformation comes by renewing the mind. We'll we'll look at this somewhat tonight. Transformation is simply this, to change into another, and I like this word, form, to change into another form. Here's why I like that, because the word conform, the second word there means form. So he's saying, don't be together with the world's form. 
and we talked about a, a concrete form. All right, when you're laying a sidewalk, you're pouring a sidewalk with concrete. Well, they have uh, uh, wooden forms that are there, all right, that are in the dimensions that that sidewalk's going to be in. When you pour a slab, I remember being a boy growing up, and, uh, you know, I knew some, some guys that were involved in construction, and uh, they, they, they didn't, you know, really do things e exactly right. And I remember being at a guy's house, and uh, he had a, uh, a concrete slab out back of his house. But now, in, you know, we don't know very many people would do this, but he kind of just had the concrete poured out. And what he did was he kind of just, just, you know, leveled it with his patio door. And that was it. That was it. I mean, it was just a clump of concrete that he kind of smoothed out on the top. That was it. All right, there was no form around it. There, it, was just, it was just a glob of concrete because he just wanted something that he could step out on. Now, you know, we think about that and we think, well, that would be ridiculous. Right, it, it was. It, it didn't look good. It didn't feel good. It wasn't good. It wasn't stable. I mean, it was just concrete on the ground. All right? It's the same with a believer. If we're trying to live our life with God without some formation in the things of God, if, if the form of my mindset is in the form of the world, I'm going to struggle. I've, I've got to be trans, here's the word, formed. I've got to change into another form. I've got to take on another form. In uh, Mark chapter 9 and verse 2, we see this here because... This is when Jesus was on the Mount of Transfiguration with Peter, James, and John. And it says, After six days he taketh with him Peter, James, and John, and leadeth them up into a high mountain apart by themselves. And it says he was transfigured before them. He was transfigured before them. Now, I like the Woos Bible here. It says, The manner of his outward expression was changed before them, that outward expression coming from and being truly representative of his inner nature. So what he's saying, what Mark is saying, is while they were on the Mount of Transfiguration, and we've talked about that in previous messages, all right, that that's what this means. When it says be transformed, the Greek is be transfigured, be transfigured. When they were on that mountain, what this is saying is that what they saw in that glorification moment was they saw what Jesus was on the inside come out on the outside. Right? That was a real representation of what he was walking around with on the inside of him every day. All right? Paul says in Romans 12 that we need to let what we are on the inside Come out on the outside. All right? This was something that happened to Jesus from the inside out. It didn't occur from the outside in. As a believer, if you're going to renew your mind, you can't live an outside-in lifestyle. You've got to start letting what's in you come out. This is important. As a believer, we are to allow what we are on the inside to be reflected on the outside. And the way that I do that is by renewing my mind. You know, people will say, you know, well, Jesus didn't have to renew his mind because he never sinned. Well, understand this. I, that's 100% correct. Jesus did not have to renew his mind. But Jesus had a responsibility to understand his standing with the Father and to understand his relationship with the Father and his relationship with the Word. Jesus was a person of the Word and he didn't know the Word just because he was God. He knew the Word because he'd put in the time and effort to learn the Word. And notice when the enemy attacked him, when the enemy tempted him in the wilderness, we, we, we know this is very elementary to what we believe, 
But the enemy said three things. It's recorded three things that the enemy said. And Jesus answered those three things specifically. The, the enemy said three things. And Jesus three times said it's written. He answered with the word. Now, here's my point. What was he? Word of God minded. And, and what did that do? That put him in a position to answer the accusations of the enemy, the temptation of the enemy. Because what was in him is what came out of him. All right? This, this is important. Because the glory on the inside has to be allowed to have its full expression on the outside. This is what begins to happen as you're renewing your mind. What you are begins to show up on the outside. This is something that, <clears throat> that people will talk about, and they'll say things like, well, you'll know people by their fruit. Well, here's the thing. I, I agree with that. But if the fruit's there, there's a reason it's there. It's there because that's the seed that's being planted. If I want to quit bearing that fruit, I've got to stop what's going in my mind that's producing that fruit. And if I can stop it, and I can, it's up to me, if I can stop it, then I can stop the fruit that's being produced. A very simple illustration. If you want to stop fearing, you've got to stop allowing any fear into your life. Any, no fear. No fear. No fear. And see, that's up to me. Well, you know, it's, it's not just scary movies and stuff, Pastor. I watch, I watch certain things and it makes me anxious. Don't watch them. Now, I, I know that's a simple answer, but that's, that's where you've got to start. I'm just not going to watch that. I'm not going to give my attention to that. In the process of renewing your mind, this is what begins to happen. What, 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 what is... Everything that we, action that we take, word that we speak, is evidence of what's on the inside of me. Brother Copeland told a story one time. He said that uh, he was in an a, a, a airplane hangar, and a guy was walking a, along and uh, wasn't paying attention, had his head down, and uh, he looked up at the last moment and hit, just hit the edge of a wing on that airplane and just split his head wide open. And he said he just went to cussing. And he said, then he, he looked up and he looked at Brother Copeland. And he said, oh, Brother Copeland, I'm, I'm sorry. I, you know, he said, forgive me. And Brother Copeland said, hey, man, don't let me cramp your style. He said, but here's what we know. We know what's in you. Because that's what came out. Now, I don't know that the man was saved, but here's, here's the issue. If he was, what was the problem? Unrenewed mind. Because that was still there. Now, we're all in the process here of walking this out. But Ephesians 4, we've looked at this in the past, but this is going to give us some more insight here. Ephesians 4 and 22. He says that you put off concerning the former conversation, the old man corrupt according to the deceitful lust, be renewed in the spirit of your mind, and put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. The Roos Bible says, notice this phrase, that you put off once for all with reference to your former manner of life, the old self, who is being corrupted according to the passionate desires of deceit. Moreover, you're constantly being renewed with reference to the spirit of your mind. So conversation is defined as behavior in the Greek. Your behavior put off. He says, put off your former behavior, your old behavior. Behavior and 
The Woos Bible says, put off once and for all, and notice, be constantly renewed in your mind. So here we go. This is a consistent, steady process. I'm constantly being renewed in my mind. Well, Pastor, this cropped up the other day. Well, what was that? Just evidence I need to renew my mind there. All right? This is something that once you commit to the process and you commit to what it can produce, you just stay with it. All right? Because your mind is getting renewed. If, if, if you think about this, when, when uh, you first learn that your words have power, that what you say is what you're going to receive. Well, when you first begin to learn that, your mind had to wrap itself around. You had to renew your mind to the fact that the words that you were speaking had power and had life and would actually produce what you were saying. Up till that point, you didn't think words mattered. But when you saw from the word that Jesus said you would have what you say, the first thing that if you were intentional and, and, and serious about changing, the first thing after you read that verse that you begin to realize was how many words of doubt and unbelief and fear and whatever that you were speaking. Because why? Now you had the word that said you'll have whatever you say. And when you started to say something negative, what registered in your mind was, do you want that? See, your mind was being renewed. Brother Hagin said that when he was reading through the Bible, when he was on his sickbed, he said he got to the scripture where Jesus said in the book of Matthew, not to worry about anything. And he said he told the Lord, Lord, if it means that I have to quit worrying to ever receive from you, well, I'll never receive anything because it's impossible to not worry. And he said that stopped him. It, 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 it was for ever, ever how many days or weeks. He said that stopped me because I could not figure out. He said my mother, my grandmother, and myself were all world champion warriors. And he said, I could not figure out how a person could live their life without worrying. Well, what was happening in that instance? He was reading the Word, and the Word was beginning to affect his mind. It was beginning to renew his mind. He had to renew his mind to the fact that he could cast his care on the Lord, that when the Bible tells you not to be anxious, the Bible has the power to help you with what it tells you not to do. Do you understand? That's why a lot of people try to do the don'ts in the Bible and the thou shalt nots, and they try to do it without renewing their mind. And they just see in the Bible, well, I'm not supposed to do that. And so they get out there in the flesh and try not to do something. And in reality, they're doing it in themselves. They need to understand that the Bible says whatever God asks you to do, it says that it's God that works in you both to will and to do of His good pleasure. In other words, when you see something in the Word of God, which is the will of God, and it says don't do something or stay away from this or don't worry or whatever the case may be, that's the will of God. And you see that, but then that scripture in Philippians says, He works in you to will and to do. He'll give you the power to do it. But I've got to renew my mind to that. Hallelujah. So he says, put off once and for all. So, in other words, disengage from the carnal thinking. And do what? Think from the spiritually alive person you are in Christ. All right? I've got to disengage from the carnal thinking. And start thinking from the spiritually alive person I am in Christ. That's not who I am anymore. This is who I am. And, I, and I'm disengaging from that carnal way of thinking. He says, put on the new man. The countenance. Notice, I wrote in my, on my outline, let what is in you come out of you. Put on the new man. What you are on the inside, let that come out on the outside. Because... The renewed mind 
the more you renew your mind, the more it will respond consistently and automatically to the direction of God's Word. Your mind, the more you renew it, it will fall in line consistently and automatically to God's Word. Amen. Listen, there are things that obviously a Bible believer doesn't question. All right? If sickness tries to attack your body, immediately you know you're the healed of the Lord. You know you're the healed of the Lord. And in, in most cases, now, now hear me when I say this, in most cases your mind won't fight you with that because it falls automatically and consistently into the direction of the Word of God. But when you're just learning that, your mind will fight you. Well, if I was well, why do I feel bad? If I was healed, why do I still have symptoms? And I've had people say, well, that's a faith issue. No, that's a mind issue. Your faith will only work to the level that your mind is renewed. All right? If if I don't renew my mind to the Word of God in every area, my faith will have a hard time working in that area. Uh, In 1969, when uh, Brother Jerry Savell got saved, got born again, uh, Brother Copeland was coming to Shreveport there where they lived and uh, uh, had an accident in his car and uh, hurt the quarter panel of his station wagon. And when he got there, he asked uh, Brother Jerry's father-in-law, he said, does, does your son-in-law still work on cars? He said, yeah, he does. Well, he had to work on it on his carport. He didn't have a shop. But here's the, the gist of why I'm telling you that story. He said one day he was over there working on his car, grinding on the quarter panel, and Brother Copeland came over to see how things were going. And he said, I took a moment, put my grinder down, and I said, can I ask you a question? He said, yeah. He said, you know, I, I, I have come to the place that I believe that Jesus is my healer, and, and, and I've got a grasp on that. And then he said this. He said, how do I get God to bless me? How do I get God to meet my financial needs? And he made the statement. He said, I had the mistaken idea that I had to get God to do something. Well, Brother Copeland explained to him that that was all part of the package. It was already done. And he just needed to exercise his faith to receive it. Well, think about that. He could have stayed broke. He could have stayed struggling if he had not renewed his mind to the fact that God wanted to supply all of his needs. Do do you see that? And so a lot of people are struggling in areas Because their mind isn't renewed and their faith won't function any on a higher level than their mind renewal is. The renewed mind responds consistently and automatically to the direction of God's Word. The renewed mind responds consistently and automatically to the direction of God's Word. You can get to the point where your mind doesn't fight you about the things that you're doing, the things that you're believing, the way that you should live. Right? When I, when I was growing up, I would hear people say, you know, living for God is a hard old way, unrenewed mind. Right? Because the Bible says the way of the transgressor is hard. Jesus said, my yoke is easy and my burden's light. What do I have to do? Renew my mind to that. Renew my mind to that. And so consequently, they wrote songs that went along with their unrenewed mind. I'm coming up the rough side of the mountain. Well, why's it got to be the rough side? Why can't it be smooth? Why can't it be easy? I mean, yeah, you're going to face challenges, right? But, But you face them with the understanding that comes from your renewed mind that you are more than a conqueror, that you can do all things through Christ, that God will always give you the victory, that the end result will be you win. Amen. And then you don't have this battle mentality 
that it's always going to be a struggle and it's always going to be hard, and right? And so many saints live their life struggling because they have this mentality that it's a hard old way. Their minds weren't renewed. In Romans chapter 8, Romans chapter 8, one of my favorite chapters in the Bible. And uh, verse 1, we'll read down through uh, verse 8. He says, notice, There is therefore now no condemnation to them which are in Christ, Jesus, who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. The law of the Spirit of life in Christ has made me free from the law of sin and death. For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, and for sin, condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteousness of the law might be fulfilled in us who walk not after the flesh, but after the Spirit. For they that are after the flesh, now notice this, mind the things of the flesh, but they that are after the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. For to be carnally minded, that word is the minding of the flesh, is death. But to be spiritually minded, the minding of the Spirit, is life and peace. Because the carnal mind or the minding of the flesh is enmity against God. It is not subject to the law of God, neither indeed can it be. So then they that are in the flesh cannot please God. Verse 9 says, but you're not in the flesh, but in the spirit. Now here's something I want you to see. I'm going to read part of this from the Woos Bible in just a moment. But I've heard people over the years say, well, the Bible says the carnal mind is not subject to the law of God, and it cannot be. Right. But notice what it says. The carnal mind. Here's my question for you. What if your mind's not carnal? Well, how do I stop having a carnal mind? Renew my mind. Right? He said that that the carnal mind, or the minding of the flesh, is death. But he said the spiritual mind, the the minding of the spirit, is life and peace. And he said, so then they that are in the flesh, they that stay with the fleshly mind, cannot please God. What does that mean? Well, one of the basic things it means is that you'll never operate in faith. Hebrews 11, 6, right? Faith pleases God. You'll never never operate in the level of faith you could because there's this carnality that's still functioning in my mental processes. The Woos Bible says, those who are, here it is, habitually dominated by the sinful nature put their minds on the things of the sinful nature. But those who are habitually dominated by the Spirit put their minds on the things of the Spirit. See, what we feed our minds determines our mental appetite. If I'm allowing the mind to be dominated by the spirit of this age or fleshly desires, I will live out of that provision with death and destruction and struggle that's the result. If if that's what's dominating my thinking, if that's what's dominating my mindset. Hallelujah. But if I allow my born-again spirit, which is what? Directed and guided by the Holy Spirit to dominate, to control, to direct my life. Amen. To set up boundaries in my life. To establish goals in my life. If I allow my born-again spirit to do that, then I'll experience the kingdom provision, the life, the peace. That will be the result. But notice what I have to do. I have to habitually allow my spirit and the word to dominate my mind. That, that, that is the key. I, I know that in, in essence this sounds elementary. But my family, this is the number one problem that people deal with. Is renewing the mind. 
Some want to say, I always struggle with that. And someone will say, well, yeah, see, their confession's got them bound. That's part of it, but why does their confession have them bound? They don't have a renewed mind. If I renew my mind to the fact that sin does not have dominion over me, that I have victory over it, and I renew my mind to that, then when that thing comes up, I stop and I say, nope, I have dominion over you. I have victory over you. I'm not going to engage in that because I have the victory. Hallelujah. But notice, I have to allow it. I have to allow it. In uh, Philippians chapter 4, this is a scripture concerning our thinking. And he says in verse 6, Be careful or be anxious for nothing. Now let's stop right there. Be anxious for nothing. Some translations say stop worrying about even one thing. Now stop right there and think about it. Remember Brother Hagin said, Lord, if it means I got to quit worrying to get healed, I'll never be healed. Because there, there are people that, that will read that. Don't be anxious for anything. Don't worry about even one thing. And, and immediately they think that's impossible. But notice, he says, be anxious for nothing. But in everything. Now, now notice, he's telling me here how to overcome the the. the the anxious thought process, the anxious mindset that will come. Don't be anxious uh, for nothing. But in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known unto God. What is the result? And the peace of God that passeth all understanding will keep my heart and mind, my heart, my spirit and my mind, it'll guard them. It will mount guard over my heart and over my mind. Right? Why? Now why? Because I'm taking a biblical step. I'm not worrying about this. I have presented that request to God. I'm not going to worry about it. I'm not going to be anxious about it. Amen. See, that, that's the renewing of the mind. Now, in the beginning, your mind will fight you about that. Well, you haven't done anything about that. Well, yes, I have. I've presented that request to God. Yeah, but nothing's changed. But I have presented that to God. That is not on my plate. I have cast the care of that onto Him. I'm doing what I need to do, and I have cast the care of that onto Him. And see, your mind will fight you about that. But notice what He said. If you will do that, if you will do what the Word says, eventually, now hear me, eventually the peace of God will show up. Eventually the peace of God will show up. And when, when peace shows up, that's evidence, peace and believing. There's joy and peace in believing. When you have peace and you have joy and you have peace and you have joy, that's evidence that what you're believing God for is happening. Then he goes on and he says, Finally, brethren, notice, whatever things are true, whatever things are honest, whatever things are just, whatever things are pure, whatever things are lovely, whatever things are of good report, oh my Lord, that's important. If there be any virtue in any praise, think on these things. Those things that you've heard and learned and received and heard and seen in me do. And what will happen? The God of peace will be with you. So when our minds are renewed, when, we're, when our minds are being renewed, there's some things we see. There's things that we will be able to do. Verse 6 says, when our minds are renewed, that we'll be able to take control of anxious thoughts. 
because my mind is renewed. People will say, well, I, I just can't help but think about that. It just makes me anxious. You, you got to renew your mind. Why? Because Scripture says don't do that. The Lord, the Lord has, has talked to me about something, and, and uh, I, just, I just put it out there. You know, uh, uh, if, if you were, if we as a congregation, let me put it that way. If you listening to me and watching me, if you were to take, Let's say uh, today is March 31st. If you were to start tomorrow, April 1st, 30 days in April, if you were to take the next 30 days and limit any input into your mind except the Word and Word-based information, what kind of progress could you make in 30 days? If, if, if you didn't watch any news for the next 30 days, and I don't want any of you brothers to throw anything at me. If you didn't watch any sports for the next 30 days. Well, you know, that doesn't mean you just got to sit with your Bible. But, you know, you, you, instead of watching the news, you watch uh, uh, VTN or Victory Network or you put a DVD on or a CD or you listen to a podcast. Amen. Before you go to bed, you know, instead of watching TV right up till time for bed, you get in your bed and you get a book, you know, uh, 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 whatever, Brother Hagen, uh, Brother Copeland, Philip Steele, Michelle Steele, somebody, you know, real good. And, and uh, you, right, you read a few chapters or, or, or you read your word or you just pray in the Holy Spirit. Here's, here's the challenge with this. If, if you spent the next 30 days with only the only downloads being something that's word-based, how much mind renewal could occur? What could God do? What could He say? What could He get to you? What could be moved out of your life? Amen. If you were to take the next 30 days and there's something God's been dealing with you to do, something that God's been dealing with you to change, and you would sit down, and write out on a piece of paper, okay, Lord Jesus, as of this day, I'm choosing to do this. And you write it out, and you sign your name, and you date it. Now, you've told the Lord Jesus you're going to do that. Now, here's what He'll do. He'll help you do that. But I've got to make the decision that I'm taking control of some of these things. All right? It doesn't have to be anything bad. It doesn't have to be anything sinful. It can just be something that is putting information in your mind that's not aiding you in your ability to do what God wants you to do or to walk in the areas that God wants you to walk in. Listen, there, there's, there's so much that we could be believing God for on a bigger level and a deeper level if we just didn't have to wade through a lot of useless information that may be causing anxious thoughts or, or whatever the case may be. Amen. Because, folks, if you get good information, right? For, for instance, in the state of Arkansas, and you may or may not have heard it, our governor just came out yesterday and said he was lifting the mask mandate. No more mask mandate. He doesn't have it, all right? Well, here's the thing. Immediately, immediately, the governor of Little Rock said, or the mayor of Little Rock said, well, blah, 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 blah. but we still got it in all, all businesses, right? Uh, North Little Rock, uh, you know, uh, said, well, we're, you know, so we're still going to require it in city offices, but, you know, everywhere else, that's fine. Well, here's, here's my point. So you got good news. Mask mandate lifted. What comes right after that? Oh, we, we, we still don't believe the good news. So here's my point. No matter what you hear, you can hear something good, but it's going to be followed by something negative. And then even though you heard the good, you still got to work to filter out the negative. Well, what if you're only hearing the good? That, that would be a reset. And I think what God is asking us to do is, would you take the next 30 days 
and just reset your mind. Just reset some things. You know, ever, 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 ever what it may be. But the point is, I'm taking control of my thoughts. Let, let me use a simple example. When somebody says this, they say, oh, in the morning i got to have my coffee. Why? Well, I like it. Well, now, wait a minute, wait a minute. But i got to have it. What you're saying is I can't do without it. But that person will not say I can't do without it. They'll just say I got to have it because I like it. When in reality what they're saying is if I don't have it I'll get a headache. I might be cranky. I've had people tell me Christians, oh you don't want to be around me if I don't have my coffee. Well I understand what you're saying in theory, <laughs> but I, what if I just reset? What if I just made the decision? Okay, I'm not doing that, whatever it may be. Well, my mind is eventually going to fall in line with what the Word of God says. So, as we renew our mind, verse 6 says we'll take control of our anxious thoughts. Verse 7 says the peace of God will be ours. As I'm renewing my mind, the peace of God will be mine. Verse 8 says, notice that I will have the right parameters for my thought life. Verse 8 is parameters for how we're supposed to think. Now think about that. He says that we think on things that are honest, things that are just, things that are pure, Things that are lovely, good report, virtue, praise. He said, think on these things. Well, notice the very first one is whatever things are true. The Lord told me some months ago, almost a year ago now, don't be deceived and don't listen to things that would deceive. What was he saying? Think on things that are true. This is important. Because these are the parameters for our thought life. This is not just watching something that someone would consider unseemly or, 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 or dirty or bad. All right? The, the, these, these are things true and honest. I, I want to be listening to the truth. I want to be listening to what's honest. And then verse 9 says, We'll have the operation and the working of the peace of God. The peace of God, the God of peace will be with you when our minds are renewed. Hallelujah. So see, the renewing of the mind has a much broader spectrum than just I'm not thinking bad thoughts anymore. It's producing this in my life. I, I have the right parameters in my thought life. No, I've renewed my mind, and I can't go dabble with that because that, that'll just... Listen, the, the problem with giving your mind to things is then there's just another thought you've got to cast down. Once you get rid of it, stay rid of it. Right? Don't, uh, don't, don't aid the enemy in his ability to cloud your thinking. In uh, 1 Peter 1, 1 Peter 1, hope I'm helping you tonight. 1 Peter 1 and verse 13, Peter says, Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind, be sober, hope to the end, for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. The Roos Bible says, Wherefore, having put out of the way once for all everything that would impede the free action of your mind. Now, I've heard this taught on several times, and it's, it's absolutely true and right, and, and I'm even going to say it. Of course, what this carries the idea of is somebody needs to act, and they need to act quickly. And so the idea is that uh, uh, that person that needs to run or needs to move, they would pull up their long garment, right, and tuck it under their, their belt, 
All right, Peter uses the word gird. All right, gird up the loins of your mind. And he said, you, 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 you need to tighten that down. Why? So that you can have free action of your mind. When God wants you to do something or God is directing you a certain way, you don't want to have to cast down 55 imaginations before you can get started. Keep your mind girded up. Keep it full of the Word of God. Keep it ready for action. Hallelujah. And he says, notice, gird up the loins of your mind. And, and I, think, I, think it's, I think it's interesting that in Ephesians 6, it tells us to have our loins gird about with truth. Well, Peter says the loins of your mind. Paul said, girt your loins with truth, the belt of truth. Well, what does that tell me? That the only way my mind, that the loins of my mind can be fixed and can be ready for action is that they are consistently washed with the water of the Word of God. But he says loins, the word, the, the, the loins infer creative power. All right? And so this lets us know that our minds are where our future is. It denotes procreative ability. So that means that the mind is where my future, my ideas, my plans are formed. All right? Because, because any action that's birthed started with a thought. The thought gives birth to the action. And so if my mind is under control, if my mind, as he said, once and for all, put it out of the way, everything that would impede the free action of your mind. If my mind is functioning correctly, I'm Pastor Michelle says, put a girdle on your mind. Right? Keep, it, keep it tightly. Keep, keep it tight. That's where my future, that's where my ideas, that's where my plans are formed. And, and I've, I've got to put out of the way, notice, put out of the way, put out of the way once and for all. If that thing keeps coming up, you've got to put it out of the way. Jesus talked about it this way. He said, look, if your right hand offend you, cut it off. He said, it's better to go through life without that than to enter into destruction with an arm. He said, if your right eye offend you, pluck it out. Well, obviously, we know Jesus wasn't, wasn't advocating mutilation. He was using a metaphor. He was saying this, if there's a problem there, you are better off doing without it. Amen. Than, than losing out because of it. And th this is what's pe what Peter is saying. You've got to put out of the way but out of the way, once and for all. I uh, read something the other day. A person was asking questions about, about uh, eating healthy and how they could eat healthier. And this person answered their question and gave them very sound advice, as far as I'm concerned, about their eating choices. Uh, you know, you could have some lean chicken and some broccoli and some asparagus, and, and you're, you can make you a, a chicken sandwich with a lean chicken breast and tomato and, and all these different things. And it was very healthy, and it was very lean, and it was very calorie conscious. And this person responded, uh, no, no, chicken breast wouldn't do for me. I would get bored. We just ask how to be healthy. I, I got news for you. Are you ready for this? Now, hear me, and, and you can turn me off if you want. But here's the thing. If you're going to be healthy, you're going to eat a lot of the same stuff. Amen. You're going to eat a lot of the same stuff. And probably, you know, cheesecake and... Uh, cream horns and uh, cinnamon donuts, they're probably not going to be on the list. 
Amen? And people say, well, not regularly. Well, I mean, yeah, not regularly or not at all. See, because here's how your mind thinks. If your mind thinks, I got a cheat day, it'll want two. And then three. And then before, before you know it, you're down at Krispy Kreme and bought a whole dozen just for you. Because you'll, you'll, walk, you'll drive by the store and the light will be on. They're hot. Well, what does that mean? They're, they're just coming out of the glaze. They're just coming out of the oven and coming out of the glaze. And you can be right there and get a dozen hot, fresh, Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. And here's the thing about hot, Krispy Kreme glazed donuts. Is you eat one and it's like it, it, just, it just disappears. It just melts in your mouth. And you've had six of them and you don't even think you've ate two of them, but you've had six. Ask me how I know. <laughs> Amen. Now, people say, are you preaching against Krispy Kreme? No, I'm not. But here's, here's, what, here's what I'm saying. If a person says, I want to be healthy, I want to limit the sugar in my life, I want to limit my, my bad choices, when they drive by Krispy Kreme and they see the sign that says they're hot, they got to gird up the loins of their mind and keep driving. Hallelujah. See, I got to put it aside once and for all. That's, that's a real easy explanation. But, but you think about that. I, I know that there are those of us in these services, we were you were delivered from certain things. I was delivered from certain things. Maybe not as much as you or maybe more than you, but here's the point. At some point, you had to decide for God to help you to the extent that He wanted to. You had to decide, I'm done. I'm done with that. I'm done with that life. I'm done with that substance. I'm done with whatever it may be. And then God had license because your will was now directed in His pathway. And God had license to help you. But you had to put it out of the way. And God helped you. And now every day it was easier and easier and easier to put it out of the way because your mind was being renewed. Oh, glory to God. Look, notice in 2 Corinthians 10. Whew. Well, how was church tonight? We talked about donuts. <laughs> Amen. Not really. I was talking about renewing our mind. But, but, but if you think about that, if, if you think about that, if you think about uh, uh, the difference, if you think about somebody says, hot, gooey, fresh out of the oven donuts. And then somebody gives you a description, cold. Four-day-old donuts. You don't have any problem going past the cold four-day-old donuts. They're stale, hard, but hot, fresh, gooey. Oh. I mean, you eat it, and then the sugar dries on your hands, and you go, right? Do you see the difference there? When, 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 when your mind begins to get renewed, what you used to do, the way you used to think, is like old, cold, stale, days old donuts. You don't have any desire for it. It no longer attracts you at all. What begins to attract you like hot, gooey, out-of-the-oven donuts is the plan of God for your life and what God wants you to do with your life. That's what becomes your attraction. Glory be to God. 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 4. For the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God and bringing every thought into the obedience of Christ. So here in these verses, we see three levels of mental process. The first one is our thoughts. All right? He talks to us about our thinking. We got to be selective about which thoughts we think. 
And that's, that's not just a sinful thought. I've got to be selective about uh, the doubt thoughts I think, the failure thoughts I think, the fear thoughts I think. I have to be selective about what I allow myself to think on. Then he says, imagination. The casting down imaginations. Because he, he talks about every thought being brought into the obedience of Christ. So I'm, I'm selective about the thoughts that I think. And he says, casting down imaginations. Well, imagination is imaging or mental imaging. Mental imaging produces behavior. If I see myself a way, I'm going to behave that way. We've talked at length about this. If you see yourself as just an old sinner saved by grace, that's how you're going to behave. Not like you're saved by grace, but like an old sinner. Because that's how I see myself. And Paul says here that I have to cast down, bring down, throw down imaginations. Amen. I, I, have, to, I have to not allow that mental imaging in my life. How many are overcomers? Believers, right? Victors. Why? You see yourself that way. That's the mental image you have of yourself. Oh, glory be to God. Then he said, now we're talking about three levels of mental process. So the first one is thoughts. Brother Hagin used to say, you know that uh, people, you know, thoughts come, but it's like a bird flying over your head. You can't stop the bird from flying over your head, but you can stop it from building a nest in your hair. You can't stop a thought from coming, but you don't have to say it, and you don't have to keep thinking it. So that's the first level. Thoughts will come. But then you've got to deal with the imagination, the mental imaging. I've got to deal with that. What do I have to do? Any imagination, any image that's trying to produce something in my mind that's not godly, I've got to get rid of it. I've got to cast it down. Then thirdly, he says uh, that it's mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. This represents the highest mental process, a stronghold. And a stronghold is something that reoccurs consistently. It just keeps coming and keeps coming and keeps coming up and keeps coming up and keeps coming up. We could say it's the opposite of a good habit. It's the opposite of a good mindset. Well, here's the thing. Those strongholds occur because that person didn't deal with the thought and didn't deal with the imagination. So the first part of that process is our thoughts. That's why your mind renewal is so crucial because you start to think differently. If you think differently, you start to imagine differently. And if you start imagining differently, you get the good stronghold. The Bible says God is a stronghold. It says the Word is a stronghold. So you can have good strongholds in your life as well as bad strongholds. Well, we want the good ones. Amen? 2 Timothy 1. This will be my last verse. 2 Timothy 1 and 7. Notice this. Paul is writing to Timothy, and he tells Timothy here, For God has not given us the spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. Now notice... God has not given us the spirit of fear. We could say this, but a spirit of power, a spirit of love, and a spirit of a sound mind. Now notice this, this is important. God has given us the ability to have a sound mind. That word sound mind, it means a disciplined, self-controlled mind. Do I have to do something with it? Yes, but God has given me the ability to have it. It's been given. I don't, have to, I don't have to talk him into it. In other words, if I get in the Word and I stay with the Word, this is mind renewal central right here. If I'll get in the Word and I stay with the Word, the, the end result will be a sound, disciplined, 
self-controlled mind. Amen. My mind is my mind. Amen. I'll, I'll end with this. You know, uh, I've said this before. You know, when, 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 when uh, Pastor Michelle and I, of course, got married, uh, I, I spent a couple years, you know, living, living my life in the world. Uh, uh, you know, it didn't take me very long to see that that was a dead end. Uh, and people will say, well, you know, did you backslide? Yeah, I did. I mean, I'm not going to lie about it uh, because my mind's been renewed. But the, the, the point is, I was raised in church. I was born again when I was eight years old. And when I came back to the Lord, I had to renew my mind about a lot of things. Amen. And uh, I had to get to this place of a disciplined mind. A self-controlled mind because I kind of had this this understanding that you know uh, as long as you didn't do it it was okay to think it now you may or may not have thought that way but here's here's the thing the problem with that is that caused a lot of struggle in my life because you are rarely going to have victory over something that's your constant thought process and you're rarely going to be defeated in an area where victory is your constant thought process. It's important. And so I began to get into the Word of God. And as I got into the Word of God, what I began to see, first of all, was a discipline started coming to my mind. And, and, and I'm wrapping this up, but I need you to see this. I've had people before, they would say, well, you know, I just, I did that and I don't know how I did it. Well, now here's, here's the first thing I want you to say. I'm not letting anybody off the hook, but that's a true statement. And here's what I mean. If their mind is not disciplined, if a thought comes, they'll just do it. Well, they ought to have more discipline than that. They can't have more discipline than that if they've not renewed their mind according to the Word of God. It's not, get, it's not getting anybody, giving anybody, uh, letting them off the hook, so to speak, but it's saying, yeah, that's why Paul wrote in Galatians. And he said, uh, uh, if a brother be overtaken in a fault, you who are spiritual, restore him. Well, that's not just talking about somebody getting into sin. That's talking about somebody that got up in the morning and the word overtaken, it means this, that it came upon him. He wasn't expecting it. He didn't get up that morning intending to fall or to get into sin, but it overtook him. He ended up doing it. It overtook him. It was a fault. It was a mistake. And Paul said, take that guy and restore him. So everybody's in various stages of mind renewal. And you might be in that stage where it, you feel like you don't have the power to overcome those thoughts that are coming and you respond to those. But here's the thing. The Bible says that what can I do? Bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. So when that thought comes, what do you do? I bring you captive right now to the Word of God. I'm not going to think that way. People say, what did that do? You just checked that thought. You just checked that thought, right? Have you ever watched a basketball game? I coached basketball for a while, played basketball. And have you ever watched a basketball? People say that basketball is a non-contact sport they've never played. They've never played, especially under the boards. That, that's dangerous, if, if, right? If you're, <laughs> I remember a guy that used to play named Minute Bold. Minute Bold. Oh, he was big. But when you hear people talk about Minute Bold, they say he had the sharpest elbows, right? Because he was skinny. I mean, guys would come away playing with him with cuts under their eyes, busted noses, because he'd throw those elbows around. Well, here's what I'm trying to say. If you've ever played with a big man, if you're trying to back him down under the basket, coming down the key, he's going to check you. He's not just going to let you do it. He's going to check you. And it's not going to feel good. Now, it's not going to be something so obvious that the ref sees it and, 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 and tees him up, you know. 
but he's going to check you. You know, they're not just leaning on each other. They're pushing and jabbing. When that thought comes and you check it, you check it hard enough, and that thought will eventually figure something out. He's not going to take me. And then what happens? Then the thought can't score because I'm not receiving it. Amen. And you pull a Dikembe Mutombo on them. Now I hear. Amen. I know I'm dating myself. Some of y'all don't know who I'm talking about. But the point is, what happened, what began to happen was I would cast that thought down and I began to discipline my mind. And the result of that was a sound mind. A sound mind. Hallelujah. And that's the goal. That's the goal is that our mind is disciplined and sound and renewed by the Word of God. Amen? Hallelujah. Well, let's stand up, everybody. I believe that the Lord spoke to you tonight. Thank you, Jesus.